welcome back after a reasonably long hiatus to we're back to life family liberty and as you notice if you were watching this on facebook if i was really smart john i would have thought and grabbed this music as bump music but i didn't uh i said the boys are back in town yeah there you go we could have done that but yeah mistakes were made i'm sorry but i'm just so happy to be back both in the studios of right to life of central california uh, as well as with the the leader of those studios, Mr. John V. Girardi. Good to be here, as usual. I am Jonathan Keller, the president and CEO of California Family Council. He's John Girardi, the executive director of Right to Life Central California. John, how the heck are you? Welcome back. Doing all right. We just got back from a big family vacation to Minnesota, and I'm pretty tired, but not as tired as my wife. So anyway, that's, uh, I, that's pretty much an evergreen statement. Whenever I, I have learned now only having one child, not three and having him be just 20 months old. Mm-hmm. It is kind of an evergreen statement when people say, how are you doing? I'm tired and my wife's more tired. That's right. Yes. Uh, Jack, uh, took it as a personal mission to not fall asleep at any point during our three and a half hour flight from Minnesota to San Diego. Did fall asleep, though, in the 40-minute flight from San Diego to Fresno. Um, <laughs> only to yeah, be woken up. Yeah, only to be woken up pretty much immediately. Wow. So, yeah, Jack was a real champ of uh, being a huge pain in the neck. But Marathon. That's all right. That's all right. I, and I saw your wife post on social media something along the lines of, this is this is actually new, that in the past, you guys have had marathon flights with the two girls, and they've actually been fairly good. They've always been very good. Maddie has puked one or two times, but... They've, they've always been good. Um, Jack was just a huge pain in the neck. Gosh, what a little, what a little, what a little pisser. Um, anyway, was he, uh, so I just have asked, I have to follow up. Was he just happy go lucky babbling or was just, he screaming, wailing, uh, sad, alternately, squirmy. J- just, just too squirmy and he's too big to like, the problem is he's big and dumb. Like he's, he's not smart enough to be entertained by anything. But he's too big to just kind of, I mean, you got to wrestle him the whole time. It's, it's just a, it was a difficult, it's a difficult age for flying with him because he's, he's humongous. He's a stinking monster. (laughs) I I will say to, to your wife's credit, I don't know if it's credit or her sympathy. Um, he is a massive baby. Like I thought Hudson was a big baby and he is on the percentile charts. He is on the upper end, but Jack is like a freak of nature. I mean, he's just huge. He's like 20. I think he's almost 30 pounds. He's 10 months old. He's walking. Yeah. That's he, his head is huge. He's got eight teeth, one of which he chipped. So that was great. Yeah. Oh man. He's, he's walking a little too confidently. Wow. Uh, Yeah. the, The kid's a monster. He's eating meat. Uh, yeah, he's a humongous child. Anyway, anyway, Life Family Liberty here with Jonathan. I, I, I just like to catch up on what's going on in family life. So I know you guys have been waiting for your latest Girardi updates. I'll give, our, I'll give our Keller family update. Um, my lovely wife, Julia, and I took our son, Hudson, along with a, a menagerie of other people to, to Washington, Washington, D.C. There you go. We were there in D.C. from... Uh, middle of May for a week, and then I was there a couple days extra for some other conferences. But um, I I knew I was going to be back there for these back to back conferences. I didn't want to be by myself. It was going to be going to be lonely and sad without my wife and son. So I convinced her and literally uh, eight other people Way to, go. <laughs> to come along with us. Uh, it was it was fun. Hudson was generally pretty good uh, on the flight. I did feel very bad, John, 
uh, putting her and him on a plane and flying them back to Fresno without me. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm reasonably informed that our friends from church helped out and that Hudson was pretty okay. He was fairly okay. He, he did sort of sleep ish for a little bit of time. Uh, but he was, he was at least not a complete demon child, which is all you can hope for on a flight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, uh, that's the latest um, on the home front updates. So John, it has been a few weeks since we have done a live show due to my travel schedule and your travel schedule. Uh, so we are doing this show. F- full disclosure: We are recording this show a couple so we're days still, early. We're still not doing a live show. It's, really, it's, I mean, if you're watching on if you're watching on Facebook Live, it's I mean, live. it's live when we record it. Yeah, it's live. We're both alive at we're, the moment. We're live. Yeah, but um, the. The uh, issue is because of my travel and your travel, we have not done a, a live show talking about recent events for the last few weeks. So there's a grab bag of things to talk about. Yes. Um, one thing that I wanted to maybe start with, uh, I mean, because there's golly, so much stuff on on a future show. We're going to get into the whole David French versus Sorab Amari uh, fight that has been conser- consuming the conservative Twitter sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think, John, there are some important issues in that front that we should discuss. It it applies to methods of cultural engagement and uh, ways that people of faith, whether they are on one side of the Tiber or the other, should address uh, government's role and the church's role in mm-hmm. government, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that, I think, on our next show, on today's sure. show. Uh, I wanted to kind of do a little bit of a hodgepodge of both pro-life stuff and other cultural things. So, uh, number one, John, there has been all this talk over the last few weeks about all of the pro-life laws that are being passed around the country. There's a a, a huge effort in states like um, Mississippi and Missouri and Georgia and Alabama. Basically the whole SEC. And Louisiana, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's very impressive how many of these states in the South have been passing very strong laws. But also Ohio. And Ohio, that's true. And uh, Ohio was actually the first one. Ohio was the first. And Kentucky... Uh, so yeah, it's not not purely an SEC thing. No, that's true. A You've big, got a little, little, little Big, big Ten, Ten engagement. There you go. <laughs> um, and is Georgia Tech technically ACC? Or They're ACC. Know? Well, yeah. see, there you go. So it's yeah. it, but it, Georgia it, is SEC. It 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 bridges the divides of all the traditional of all NCAA. college football powers. That's right. Not the Pac-12. No, no. Pac-12, the Pac-12 is, is the worst. <laughs> Pac-12 is the worst from a social perspective, um, yes. and from an admissions integrity perspective, and oh. from a football and, and from a football That's perspective true. and basketball perspective. The the um the issue at at stake is whether or not children who have verifiable heartbeats or as the lamestream media likes to call them fetal pole cardiac activity that is hilarious anyway anyway whether uh basically these states are passing laws to protect unborn children at that point at the point when fetal heartbeat can be detected so it is widely accepted that somewhere between at least six and eight weeks uh, the fetal heartbeat is detectable um a lot of people on the left, a lot of hardcore abortion activists, NARAL, Planned Parenthood, all their social media supporters like Alyssa Milano and Busy Phillips, who is a person that I did not know her name, but I guess I've maybe seen her face on some. Isn't her before. show getting canceled? I don't even know. I, I think I, I don't even know who she is exactly. She was but. on Freaks and Geeks. Okay. 
Yeah, and the, apparently a couple of movies or something, whatever. Well, all of these Hollywood people have come out of the woodwork with, um, how do I say this carefully? Um, with a level of vitriol and furor that I actually have, I mean, you, you do see it sometimes in some of these massive um, pro-abortion counter-protests and these pro-abortion rallies. You saw it to a certain degree at the first Women's March in 2017, right after Trump was elected, and you saw uh, things that are frankly too vulgar for a family podcast. There you go. Uh, being shouted by people like Madonna and Ashley Judd uh, from the stage. Uh, but that was kind of a little bit of a you know a weird freak fluke thing that happened there in D.C. and it was all yeah, it was all types. it was all a Trump reaction thing. But now it's. You're it's seeing becoming mainstream throughout all of Hollywood. To yes. Talk about how horrible all these states are and pushing back, for example, on the on the economic boycott front of it. Uh, you are seeing places like Netflix and places like AMC and Disney. Disney all getting asked publicly. Well, you know, what are you going to do about these laws? What are you going to do about Georgia? What are you going to do about the fact that for those of you who don't know the state of Georgia going all the way back to the 1970s? has had a very lucrative and very successful state-funded industry where they essentially offer massive tax breaks for corporations to come and film movies, movies in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Louisiana is, Louisiana does a bit of that, too. Yes. There are a lot of movies that are filmed, that are filmed and, in Louisiana. And in Alabama, mm -hmm. uh, from some of the stuff that I've read. So it, it is the, the difficulty is, John, surprise, surprise, many of these southern states have looked and said, you know, we would like to lower the barriers and stimulate economic activity by saying, hey, if you will come to our state, we will allow you to have uh, tax incentives to come and employ people. And just as a side note, John, this is a little outside the scope of what we normally talk about, but it, it's kind of hilarious to me that on the one hand... Um, this the is the only tax cut that Gavin Newsom's ever going to yes, propose. Anyway, yes. All right. <laughs> but not only that, but you, you essentially have, as I understand it, you have these states doing the same thing that the state of New York was doing uh, with the with Amazon when they right. were going to allow Amazon to build this new huge headquarters and they were going to bring all these jobs. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all of our friends on the left were just, oh, this is crony capitalism. This is so horrible. It's, it's it's a government bailout for these trillionaire companies right. and blah, 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 blah. Right. Anyway. Um, and they talked about the fact that this wasn't going to be good for workers. It wasn't going to be good for the neighborhoods. Then on the flip side, when Hollywood is in Georgia or in Louisiana or in Alabama, the Hollywood corporations are being pressured by these same activists. You need to pull out. You need to punish these states yeah, for, for what this. they've done. So California is f trying to facilitate this pullout yes. by offering the same kinds of tax benefits to these major corporations so that if they withdraw from a state that has passed an abortion law, that they can set up shop in California and receive the same kind of tax benefits. The, uh, Governor Newsom just announced, and the state legislature has done a gut and amend on a bill, that would essentially provide a targeted specific tax cut to any of these corporations, again, Disney, AMC, Netflix, whoever, if it says essentially, if you have been filming a show, doing a movie in a state that has in the last several months enacted restrictive abortion laws, 
you can come to California and we won't give this tax credit to you if you are an existing corporation in California. We won't give this tax credit to you if you leave a pro-abortion state like New York yeah. or Virginia or Illinois or Washington. Right. Doesn't work that way. This is a targeted tax credit that specifically says, hey, are you looking to signal your virtue and your engage virtue in about the killing unborn children? Yes, the culture war. Would you like to prove how woke you are when it comes to abortion issues? Come to our state and we will pay you so that you can support us and support killing more children. There you go. Well, what a what a great deal. It's not like the state has any financial issues no. going forward and we can, you know, no just keep giving a bunch of tax breaks to major corporations. This is what has come as a result of this. So we're going to talk more about these laws, why I think they're a good idea and what it means for the future of California on Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller, President and CEO of California Family Council. Thanks for being with us today. Very happy to be back in the saddle. I I should say, not back in the saddle with John Girardi, but on separate saddles, separate riding saddles, separate horses. Riding separate horses. But riding together. In a very heterosexual, That's friendly right. way. That's right. There you go. We are the antithesis of Bro- Brokeback Mountain. Yes. We are, I, I can we quit like, him. I yes. can quit him anytime <laughs> I want. <laughs> that is a... For those of you who have seen the trailer and not the movie, like me, I, I still get that reference. That's the only reference we get. There you go. That's about as far as I watched into the movie. All right. Bingo. There well, all right. Anyway. Moving right along. Uh, we've even made producer Raphael laugh. You know, it's a good hey, day when that it's happens. It's always a good day. Always a good so, day. So, John, uh, we've been talking about the the crazy cultural fight over abortion and the, the virtue signaling that is being done now by major Hollywood corporations. And I, I wanted to give a little bit of a view of this because it's um, it's rather... Funny, but frustrating at the same time. Um, John, a lot of people, I think, think, especially our friends on the left, they like to malign conservatives as being, oh, you know what? You guys are just the corporatist party. You guys are beholden to these big corporations. And yes. the reason you support tax cuts and the reason you support you know, all these other types of things is just because you're in bed with you know big name the industry you know big pharma or you know um big business or whatever it is yeah when in reality as we talked about in the last segment i think it is really hard (laughs) to look at the current landscape of american corporate culture and conclude anything other than the fact that they are in almost all cases with with a few very narrow notable exceptions like chick-fil-a yeah hobby lobby uh, Wendy's, uh, they are almost, rush, almost all very much part of the political left. Yes, as far as what they support, corporate in a and, corporate fashion, and, and not just not just individually, not just along the lines of what Hobby Lobby and Chick Fil A have done. Which I don't know. I mean, Chick Fil A, I I have not seen them advertise about the value of marriage being between a man and a woman inside no, their stores. All, all they've said is that it's not. I mean, what what have they done? Like they supported. Their owners supported some efforts. Yeah, on, uh, some, on marriage between a man and a woman. Marriage. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they supported and, some legislative efforts. Yes. Which, by the way, in many states, majorities of people voted in favor of defining marriage as being between one man and one woman, including 
in this state even in california a mere 11 years ago yes or on the flip side let's look at hobby lobby Hobby Lobby, who went to the Supreme Court and won a hard-fought victory for the rights to uh, not have to pay for uh, drugs and devices that they believed were abortifacient in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a huge religious liberty victory, but they did not go out and then consequently say, hey, we're taking out a huge full-page ad, full ad advertising the March for Life. We're, uh, we're taking out a whole huge full yeah, they're, page They're ad. not doing stuff like no. that. Yeah, all they're no. doing is just sort of, I mean, they're just trying to go about their business, and they're, but they are people who of faith who believe in certain moral principles that are contrary to the dominant culture. And and for that, for the, their trouble, Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby get labeled as public enemies number one and two among many parts of the left you know uh, a year ago when chick-fil-a opened a large restaurant in new york city there was this completely foaming at the mouth spittle inducing take talking about you know hate chicken Uh, and you know all the you know how how evil it was that chick-fil-a trading new york yeah no i mean and i've seen many people on the left talk about you know uh, we need to make sure that we shame people who eat at chick-fil-a and you know if your friends or family eat at chick-fil-a you need to let them know how how deeply offensive and hurtful it is to you as a member of the LGBT community and blah, blah, blah. You know, is it really worth, you know, how, how much is that hate chicken worth to you? You know, and I mean about $5, <laughs> whatever and, it costs. How much does the value meal cost? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and then on the flip side with Hobby Lobby, there was all sorts of things that were talked about the, the malign influence of this evil big corporation that was, you know, uh, you know, how, how, how can we stand for your boss controlling what kind of birth control you get to have? Well, he or Your she boss is, is the one not. paying for it. Yeah. First of all, for, well, so. for, first off, yes. I mean, technically, your boss actually gives you this thing called a paycheck. Yes, it, it is actually an unrestricted amount of funding that you can spend however, however you, you want. want. The the boss does not actually control it. Yeah. Um, and yet, John, again, all of this to say, these two conservative companies are vilified for the the horrible ways that they pervert public discourse and that they they um are trying to exert the hand of the free market reaching into these political debates right and yet as we discussed on the issue of abortion these these heartbeat bills are not passing by small majorities in in many cases in the case of, I think, Alabama, they passed by a supermajority. Yeah. So in, the governor couldn't have even vetoed it if she wanted to. She and, would have had her veto overridden. And not only in Alabama, but this happened since you've been gone. I'm sure you followed it, though. In the case of Louisiana. Right. The Louisiana heartbeat bill. Was passed by a Democrat governor. Yes. It was passed It, it was passed by a Republican legislature, but it was introduced. The, the, the co-author who sponsored the bill is an African-American female Democrat, right in the Louisiana legislature. Exactly, she yeah. disagrees with you and I on probably a lot of different issues related to economics and different policy and everything, but she is firmly, avowedly pro-life. Mm-hmm. She sponsors this bill. The Democrat governor, the highest—I would guess—probably the highest-ranking pro-life Democrat in the country right probably. now, yeah. uh, Governor John Bell Edwards of the state of Louisiana, mm-hmm. issues a phenomenal. signing message uh, and says i have been consistently pro-life 
um, and and he ties it together. I I think he's Catholic, but he he ties it together with Catholic social teaching and says, look, I I believe in being pro life from womb to tomb. I I have pushed for uh, prison reform, for sentencing reform. I've pushed for. Uh, uh, Medicaid expansion, all the things, by the way, John, that our our liberal leftist friends, whenever they're trying to malign pro-life conservatives. Yeah, they always say, why don't you do X, X y, y, and Z? Z? So he did all of the X, Y, and Z. He did all of X, Y, and Z. And yet, is he getting any credit for that no, in this discussion? He is being completely maligned and saying, oh, how, how could you? You're, you're betraying women. You're bucking the party. Well, the, the other ludicrous thing, we talked about this in the last segment about... Um, the kind of economic pressure that California is trying to bring to bear on these states and these corporations are trying to bring on these states for having these pro-life laws. Uh, you know, Disney is all mad that Georgia has passed this law banning abortion after six weeks. Meanwhile, they film in places in the Middle East where, like, you can literally be executed if you're gay, uh, it, where women are basically... <laughs> Uh, one of the funny lines from from Borat, uh, where uh, they they have this like America very interesting. In America, woman can vote, horse cannot. <laughs> yes. So, so uh, yeah, like like they don't care about the horrible human actual human rights abuses that happen in places like China. Yep. Huge cash cow for the movie industry. Happen in places throughout the Middle East where they just want to film because they want a desert scene. Uh, they don't care about any of that stuff, but an American state deciding to put some restrictions on abortion. No, no, that's beyond the pale. Now we're going to act like we're champions of women's rights. And literally you see the, the president of Disney, Bob Iger talking about, well, you know, we're going to have to look very closely at this. And you know, it's, it would be very difficult for us to continue filming in a country, in, in a state like Georgia. And you'd be, it'd be very difficult for us to move forward on things like this. Uh, because of we want to make sure that our our crew and our staff feel safe and protected. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? You guys film stuff in Saudi Arabia. Like, yes. Like, what are you talking about? I, Where do you think Aladdin was filmed? It, and so anyway, when we when we come back from the break on today's show. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this, John, because this is something, again, where it crosses over beyond the pro-life issue. We are right now in the month of June, which is Pride Month. And I want to talk about that on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you on this fine, fine day. Thank you for watching live on Facebook or listening on AM 1680, The Answer. Wait a minute, you say. I can watch Jonathan and John make, make funny faces and stutter while they're looking at their laptops. Also, trying to think radio. of what to say. Talk Radio 1680. Oh, Talk, talk Radio. That's right. Talk yeah. Radio 1680. Sorry. Uh, yes, you can. You can watch us. You can watch us make mistakes. You can watch us uh, say, say the incorrect the, say call the old, station letters. Say, say the old name of the station. You, <laughs> Talk you, Radio 1680. You are welcome. You're welcome to do that by visiting Facebook.com/slash California Family, clicking the video, watching live, and uh, it's fun for the whole family. You know, mm -hmm. I have found John that four out of five small children are not scared by watching our faces on there you go. Facebook Live. Yeah. Those four out of five children are our own four children, however. So the fifth child yeah. who is not related to us is terrified. So. That's probably true. That's probably true. Um, we're on the topic of corporate control and corporatism as it relates to uh, the abortion fight. Um, John, I, I wanted to talk a little bit, though, about 
something that is actually kind of funny to me, but I, I'm, I'm grateful for it, which is a subtle backlash that I am starting to see from mainstream America to the commercialization, corporatization of the whole uh, gay pride, LGBT pride month issue. Yes. Um, it was trending on Twitter. I've seen multiple Twitter stories about it, um, which are kind of hilarious. Also, We're, I didn't... When did... Uh, when did the LGBT folks get a whole month? Yeah. Is that a recent development? It's in within the last couple of years that June has become Pride Month. Um, because, John, I mean, goodness knows, the, the LGBT community has easily uh, suffered as much as the African-American community who has their own month of black history. And certainly the LGBT community deserves an, a two extra days, you know, because they... We have 30 days in the month of June, whereas African-Americans only have 28 days in the month of February. But I, I yeah. think that reflects. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, I think people have noted the, sort of with rueful irony how African-Americans get literally the shortest month of the year for their African, for their history. Yes. <laughs> for Black History Month. But, you know, uh, LGBT, I guess LGBT people get a get a 30 day or. So. Yeah. It's it's that important. So the 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 craziness of this month being Pride Month, it is. It's longer than, uh, it's longer than that. But it also, John, which I, other of the seven deadly sins are are we going to have um, a month for? Uh, are we, when are we going to have lust month? Lust <laughs> month. Uh, the, you pride, can, yeah. pride, envy, uh, uh, covetousness. Well, lust. everyone knows that gluttony is basically the month between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So that I mean that does have its own unofficial month. But is there sloth month? When is sloth month? <laughs> That's one of them. <laughs> so that is the. Uh, I can name all seven of the seven deadly sins, by the I, way. So That's I, some Catholic school education right there. I, I would say that generally speaking, that is that is one angle that you can take on this, is just the insanity of literally having a month about uh, just a, a, a sin and the fact that, oh, yeah, this is exactly what we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, John, that is amazing to me is... How every corporation is sort of falling over itself to yes. declare how much they believe in prayer. I, I will say one thing about that. I think part of that is uh, risk... Uh, litigation avoidance and risk management that basically you have all these companies that are trying to demonstrate that they don't engage in um, discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity in states where those are uh, protected categories in employment, which is most states. So by celebrate, by basically you of you're able to say, hey, we celebrate Pride Month every June. Here's mm -hmm. what our corporation does. And if you don't uh, do that, and, and then if you don't do that, then someone will sue. Uh, you fire a gay person, and then he will sue you and say this this corporation doesn't even celebrate Pride Month. Yep, and they let me go because they're bigoted against gay people, etc. So, yeah. uh, John, if you go online and you look at the Twitter moments on this issue. Um, there are truly actually some fantastic memes. One from The Office where Michael talking to Oscar says, look, if I was gay, I would be the most flamboyant gay you've ever seen, <laughs> which I forgot about. Uh, so there's a lot of really inappropriate Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, the, a lot of very funny Michael Scott uh, gay uh, stuff. Yes. Um, but essentially, and then this is also from 30 Rock, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, where Steve Buscemi is saying uh, one scene where the, Steve Buscemi is pre pretending to be an undercover cop at a high school 
like 21 Jump Street, but he's clearly <laughs> a very old man, but he's holding a skateboard and says, how do you do, fellow kids? But yes. in, this, in this, he's wearing a rainbow shirt and says, how do you do, fellow gays? That's essentially um, what is more or less what a lot of these companies are doing. Now, again, oh, oh, here's an example of, hey, it's Listerine. What has Listerine done? They have put a rainbow wrapper on the outside of their uh, bottle of Listerine. Why Listerine feels the need to make LGBT-specific mouthwash, I don't understand. Um, John, also, the, the numbers that I've seen are on the on the high end. The LGBT community is somewhere in maybe the 1% to 3% of the population that identifies as LGBT. I've seen some numbers maybe as high as 5%, but again, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember seeing an entire branding strategy for African American History Month where you had- Yeah, African American Listerine? Yes. Yeah. Where where you had uh, literally uh, African American Oreos. Literally, there's an Oreo uh, meme here that is a rainbow Oreo. It has uh, six different colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the the level of rushing to um, become the loudest and most woke cheerleader for the LGBT community. This is John tying it back to the segment we talked about before. I think this is an example where corporate America is extremely beholden to Hollywood. And extremely beholden to a small, hyper-activist fringe of people on the LGBT issue and on the abortion issue. And it, it, it kind of makes me wonder, the conservative movement in America was sort of started as, at least in the 20th century, was sort of this alliance between social conservatives and kind of people who are interested in corporate... The, not corporate welfare, but people were concerned flourishing. about about taxes and business yeah. and things like that, and, and we're sort of this more libertarian bent. And it makes me sort of wonder, like, you know, conservatives have been bending over backwards. I mean, anytime a Republican administration gets in, they always they they never manage to defund Planned Parenthood. They never manage to do this. They never manage to do that. They always manage to pass a tax cut that is going to really help out all these big time corporations. Right. And the question that comes to my mind, why are we helping these people so much? Yes. Uh, I mean, look, I, I I want a good economy too. And, and if that ancillarily helps major corporations, that's good. And I realize corporations employ a lot of people and I don't want to hurt people who are employed. But but this idea that like we fight for things like, like, um, campaign finance reform Mm -hmm. stuff, I remember being younger and thinking, how dare they limit the amount of money that a corporation can give to a presidential campaign? That's limiting their First Amendment. Like, why do I care about that? All these corporations, these corporations have this horrible impact on through their, all the values that we through, care through about. all the values we care about. I guess I need to examine how that relates to the First Amendment. And maybe I'd support an amendment to the First Amendment. But I don't know why there continues to be this alliance between social conservatives and corporate libertarians. And and this is something that, again, we teased it in the first segment. But on a future show, we're going to talk about how that impacts these uh, these issues. What what do we do as as conservatives who are concerned about the growing influence of major corporations on social conservatism? But we have one more segment today, which we'll do next on Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. 
this final segment of today. Great to have John Girardi back in studio. Uh, John, I, I will tell you, I mentioned this on our live show last week. I was out of town, so I had, mm-hmm. I had actually missed a couple shows myself and done a couple reruns, best of episodes. But uh, this particular last week, I was doing the show solo, and I was realizing it's a lot harder to do this when you're doing it solo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is, John. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I uh, offered my condolences and respect for all the many times that I've left you hanging and uh, <laughs> have spilled coffee on the table. That yeah, was well, it's all right. Someone will clean that up. Yeah, somebody. Somebody. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. a lot. Thanks, producer Raphael. I well, th- you're welcome for having the studio just yeah. to spill coffee. So. That's, you know... That is uh, like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. For me to spill coffee on. All uh, right. So, John, I, I wanted to talk, bring it back to what we talked about in the first segment. This this is Pride Month. Uh, we've been talking about the unholy alliance uh, between big business and aggressively uh, liberal social media. Uh, sorry, aggressively liberal uh, social causes. Um, obviously, that's true in the Pride sense. And, and John, I, I need to go back and look at this because I was thinking about when Pride Month was formally started. But it, it does feel like all of this has been like kicked into overdrive since the Obergefell decision of four years ago. And I want to read for you. This is just from one. Uh, this is one meme. Uh, that is of the Doge meme, and it shows McDonald's with rainbows and Papa John's with rainbows. And he says, hello, fellow gays. It is me, Corporation, here to remind you that we support your lifestyle now that it has been legalized federally and we can capitalize on it safely as a mainstream trend. (laughs) Why did we have to wait until gay marriage was legalized to support you? No more questions, homosexual. Just buy the product. Exactly. There you go. I I mean, it's silly and dumb, but that's Almost a perfect encapsulation of, I think, what has happened. Although I will say, as, as I mentioned to Jonathan during the break, uh, you have these LGBT people complaining about how um, their movement has been co-opted by corporate America. I would love for the pro-life movement to be so co-opted. Like corporate America, if you want to co-opt us and, and just start on a corporate policy, McDonald's and, sure. and you know, Sears and, and Why not? Uh, you know, all these major corporations. If you all want to just start getting on the pro-life bandwagon as real Johnny come lately's and, uh, and supporting the right to life, you're, you're more than welcome. Our like, bank account come is Come on in. The water's fine. Like we, <laughs> I'd love to be corporately co-opted. So yes. Yes. I, I, I'd love to have... A corporation other than Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A on our side. And, and John, it's just an example that I think, again, it's it's frustrating that when conservatives who own businesses remotely speak up and speak about, you know, hey, um, I own a small storage company. I know as an example uh, in the state of California, I, I own a storage company in Southern California, or I am... Uh, the Bolthouse family, who is a farming industry in Bakersfield, or I am Brendan Ike, mm-hmm. who is a co-founder of Mozilla. I'm going to take my private money and quietly make a donation to the Proposition 8 campaign. I'm going to quietly support... Which one yes. in California yes. with a majority of the votes in 2008, the same year that Barack Obama was first elected? Which, which meant, just for those of you keeping score at home, this meant that you had African-American Democrats... And Hispanic American Democrats and Asian American Democrats and, and probably a lot of white Democrats yes, too. Not just Republicans, but across who all the voted spectrum, for Prop Eight. They voted. They pulled out their ballot and they looked at the presidential bubble and they said, "Let's see, John McCain or 
Barack Obama. I'm going to vote for Barack Obama. And mm-hmm. then they looked over down their ballot. They flipped it over and said, ah, marriage between a man and a woman. Yes, I support marriage between a man and a woman. Yes. There those were millions of people in this state who did that. Millions and millions of those votes were cast in 2008. And yet somehow giving a private donation from one of those groups that I mentioned was enough to get you doxxed. Your home, and for those of you who aren't familiar, if you're listening, you don't know what D-O-X-X-E-D means, doxxed. It means that the LA Times, not some random fringe organization. Or some random dude on Twitter. No, not a random dude on Twitter who tried to publish your information, which now is universally viewed as as horrible and despicable if you would reveal the personal data of someone who you oppose. The LA Times published the personal data data of every single person who... Who a, contributed to Proposition 8. A searchable database. A searchable database of 32,000 individual contributors to the Proposition 8 campaign. Where you can see, this is how much they gave. This is the city they live in. This is their name. And it's fairly easy from there to determine, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I recognize this name. Oh, and also, I think they have to publish, because of the Fair Political Practices Act, I think they, had to, they were able to publish even the corporation they worked for in some cases. Mm-hmm. So you had these individuals that made a private contribution as a private citizen go and they began to get death threats. Their businesses were protested. Um, Some of them, in the case of Brendan Ike in Mozilla, six years after he made that donation in 2008, in 2014, he was promoted to be the head of Mozilla and he was hounded out of his job Mm -hmm. because of his one-time donation. Uh, the, the social media mob came and essentially drove him from his position, from the company that he co-founded because of this donation. And you know, here, and here's a thought and it'll probably tie into our discussion in the next show next week, but you know, the left is very happy to play dirty like this. Here's an idea. Why don't you have a pro-life state do things like say, uh, if you're a corporation, any corporation that doesn't uh, pay for abort- abortifacient contraception in its uh, employee employee insurance plan, uh, come here and get a tax break. Yep. Any corporation that you know does X, Y, or Z, come here and get a corporate tax break. Any, any you know, instead of always being on the defense. Yes. Why not? have some of these states be more on the offense rather than this sort of live and let live sort of libertarian. Oh, let the free market. So forget that. No, <laughs> let's fight. We have a vision of the good. Right. We know what is good. Right. We know what is evil. Be more aggressive about this yes. stuff, man. And, and this is something, like I said, we teased it in the first segment, but there's an interesting and I think very important debate going on in conservatism right now about the, the need to be, more aggressive and first order and second order goods um as in our values like decency and civility the ultimate good or are they a secondary good in service of something broader or deeper i come out on the side of overrated (laughs) (laughs) overrated as far as civility and decency in politics let's note that uh I think in the election of 1800 between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, one of them called the other one a a name that I can't actually say on radio, I don't think. And uh, people were really rough, you know, the first few years of this republic. Politics was a lot rougher than it is today, frankly. And some of the things that you hear, to be clear, John and I mentioned this on the show many times. It's, It's part of my Twitter bio. 
so I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to mea culpa again because I've said it before. Um, I did not vote for the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I did not certainly vote. I certainly did not vote for Hillary Clinton, um, but I did not vote for Donald J. Trump. I voted for a third party candidate. Um, I had a whole list of reasons that we won't get into on today's show for that. But on my Twitter bio, if you go look it up, it says I didn't vote for the president, but I'm praying for him. And I think by and large, as we mentioned in a previous show, I think he's doing a lot of great stuff. One of the examples that we're barely even touching on today, but we talked about on the last episode of Right uh, to Life Radio. I, I strongly recommend you you listen to the podcast version. There's a great, great Facebook live video you can go watch on that. Um, the That episode... Uh, talked about the um what's the what's the, the hhs thank you the department of health and human services put a moratorium on any federal funding for research using fetal tissue yes so that's a great thing i'm very glad that president trump did that um but one of the things i think we're going to talk about on a on a future episode of life family liberty is the the whole concept of how how active how engaged do we need to be because when you have when you have these massive multinational corporations that are essentially relying on the inaction of their constituents, um, it begs a question of how how uh, Marquis of Queensbury rules should conservatives be when we are fighting back. Yeah. And I, I think it's uh, I think always I will say as a Christian I think it's always important to remember the humanity and the dignity of the people that we are opposing. But I also think that in some cases, like you said, John, we have been, at minimum, conservatives have been far too deferential yeah. to a lot, a lot of these large corporations. Oh, yeah. And I, I would say there are certain ways in which it looks like the people on the right are fighting back a little more. I think the Kavanaugh nomination and getting him confirmed was maybe exhibit A of an instance where, and that was a function of President Trump sticking with Kavanaugh in a way that I don't know that prior presidents would have. It was a function of Mitch McConnell sticking with Kavanaugh in a way that I don't know that prior Senate majority leaders on the Republican side would have. Um, they both stuck with him in the face of attacks that I think, that especially the further away from them I get, the more illegitimate I think they were. And I think... Uh, that was a really positive move in the right direction of really standing up for our beliefs. But, you know, I guess let's wait and see how Brett Kavanaugh rules on an important abortion case before we, you know, fly the mission accomplished flag there. I 100 uh, percent agree. Um, I, I will say this. I think there is a there's an important debate that's happening right now among social conservatives, it's something we need to continue to discuss. And we will discuss on an upcoming episode of Life, Family, Liberty. <laughs>